What's up, people? David James Young here, back for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. I hope you are doing well. I hope you're getting out to catch a bunch of great live music wherever you may be. And I hope that life is throwing you some bones and uh, kicking some goals and uh, it's not over till the siren goes and uh, what what other cliche can I possibly throw in? There's, a, <laughs> there's endless possibilities. Uh, now, I am not coming to you from Barbans HQ today. This is an interesting one. Uh, I, I feel like a, like a real, this is a real cult cabana kind of moment for me. Uh, <laughs> I am in a hotel room in Melbourne, uh, Preston specifically, and I am here uh, for a couple of nights of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, I had a chance to see previous guest of the show, Josh Earl, last night at his stand-up show, Josh Earl Talks, and uh, that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, so if you are in Melbourne, I would strongly recommend getting along to see that. It runs during the week at the Victoria Hotel at 8.15, and uh, yeah, it's a really funny, really charming, and uh, yeah, just really, really striking show, like, uh, it's great to see Josh kind of uh, going out on his own and uh, trying a a full hour of proper stand-up, and uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it, so definitely check that one out. Moving on, today's guest is Banoffi. Banoffi is the solo project of uh, Melbourne expatriate Martha Brown. Martha, I have known for oh my god, so so many years now. I think this is this is the ninth year of us knowing one another. There are always long periods where we don't see one another because she lives in the states now, but it is always wonderful to run into her. I have wanted to have Martha on the show for a long time just because we go so far back and I feel like not a lot of people who are fans of Bonoffi may know all about her musical past, etc. So I wanted to get into that. And that's exactly what we did. So we go through everything that she went through with her original band, Otto Uto. Uh, who, if you know me at all, you will have probably heard me speak the insanely high praises of. Uh, And we also get into everything that's been going on the last couple of years with Benoffi, including traveling the world with Taylor Swift, you know, like you do. Uh, Benoffi is uh, a remarkable, remarkable talent and an incredible songwriter and a great, great person. And I'm so, so stoked that we were finally able to make this happen. Uh, Big thank you to the crew over at Remote Control Records uh, for making this one a possibility. And of course, thank you to Martha for your time. And a big thanks to the Lansdowne for having us as well. Massively, massively appreciated. As usual, if you want to get in touch, you can do so by hitting up barbandspod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at barbandspod. If you like what you hear, you can absolutely head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a sweet, sweet five-star review. That would be massively, massively appreciated. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe as well on whatever platform that you use. And if you dig what we're doing and maybe you have a friend that might be interested in this, please share it with them. Uh, That's one of the only real ways 
that we can get any sort of reach out to, you know, people that aren't my immediate uh, friend circle and my family, etc. So uh, any and all support on that front is massively, massively appreciated. If you do want to go one step further and help to keep the lights on at Barbands HQ uh, and support me as well financially and personally uh, in all the content that I'm making, then you can do so by subscribing over on my Patreon page. Uh, that will give you uh, exclusive access to bonus content uh, and stuff that I'll be doing exclusively for you guys. Uh, I am at your service right now. Like I'm, I'm trying to retweak it at the moment, but uh, I'm genuinely really, really excited about where it's headed. So uh, a big thank you to everyone that has been helping out over on that front because it's the start of the month. Uh, you all get your big, big, Big shout out, so huge, huge love to Amy Gray, Blake Hennequin, Chris Bowden, Eleanor Shepard, Elliot J. O'Neill, Eloise Young, Heath Anthony, Jeremy Neal, Jonathan Elvery, Leslie Bowden, Liam Sherlaw, Matthew Lynch, Nick McCorriston, Paddy Abelos, Rachel Maria Cox, Cian Venomcuti, and Tanya Taylor. If you would like to join that list of absolute certified top dog legends, then you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash David James Young. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash David James Young. That's going to do us for now. Got a bunch. I've got so many good uh, chats uh, in the backlog that I am working through at the moment. Some cool international guests, uh, some cool local up-and-comers as well, and that will all be coming up very, very soon. But in the meantime, let's cross now to my chat with the wonderful, wonderful Martha Brown, a.k.a. Benoffi. Martha, my dear. I'm good. I'm really excited to be in Sydney. I'm a bit obsessed with Australia right now because uh, I never get to be here. You, you did kind of live here for most of your life. <laughs> I know, but now I never get to come home and I've been on tour for a year and it just feels good. Yeah. I just like is, being here. <laughs> I've tried to get you on for a while, but obviously you've had... A, a, a lot of shit on, you know? You've been hanging out with Taylor Swift and being an auntie and all this crazy cool shit going on. Me and Tay-Tay. Like this. <laughs> like this. <laughs> me and Earl, my nephew. Ah, even tighter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Taylor Swift of our generation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it is Monday evening. We are at the Lansdowne in Sydney and uh, Martha is here. Uh, to perform her first headlining show in what feels like quite a while in, Forever. in Sydney. Yeah. I'm really nervous. Yeah. You, you, just saw, you just saw me fuck up Ninja like four times. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time you played that? Probably last time I was in Australia. Maybe more than a year. Yeah. Maybe two years. 
but also I tried to like you know I'm like oh everyone needs like a new version but sure yeah I don't know I'm screwing it up (laughs) I want to see if you can remember the first time that we met first time that I don't know I can't remember the first time to be honest I know that we started talking over social media a lot as well yes you got one of the earliest mixes of our record somehow secretly uh i also for just for a this is your life moment i also brought along this (gasps) oh my gosh you still have it this is uh the first thing you ever gave me so the date was january 2nd 2010 oh my Uh, gosh martha's previous band otto uto were performing just down the road at the Civic Underground in Sydney. The Civic! Yes. It was a ridiculous lineup. Uh, CK uh, was performing. Mikachu and the Shapes was performing. Oh my god. Ponytail was on the lo- on the lineup. I remember uh, this. And you were the opening act on that lineup. I had never heard you before, didn't know you from a bar of soap, and was promptly blown away by what I saw. I shy little weird 21 year old me hobbled over and asked if you had anything released and you said this is all we have it's five bucks i gave you five bucks and the rest is history that's genius that we made it five bucks i want actually five bucks was probably quite a lot back then <laughs> for three but songs like, <laughs> I, it adds up it's good value actually five bucks for three songs is kind of hefty yeah. well plus the manufacturing I, of the of the cd i just want well. my cds to be five bucks you know but i remember that show i hadn't slept all night and i vomited on the plane classic there you go <laughs> and you've come to every show we've had in new south wales since i think um more or less like every every time i've had a chance to to come and see you especially yeah back in the days of otto uto so uh for obviously there'll be plenty of people listening that'll have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. For the uninitiated, how would you describe Otto Uto? Otto Uto, I would describe as the folk, wonky, twangy, pop, saucepan inclusive yes. band that I was in with my sister and one of our best friends, Kishore. Yes. Uh, when I was a teenager. And we toured around and I had so much fun in that band and just before things started like things started to really heat up and then we yeah. broke up. Yeah. Which was so annoying. <laughs> I love that band. Right? But me and my sister get along really well now and we for a while we really hated each other so Oh right. Was that kind of the It was a bit impetus? of the vibe. Yeah. We started fighting a lot and we told each other off on stage a lot. Yeah. And we also just toured our minds out and then yeah. couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. But then I was like, screw that. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> and now, as you were just saying, you've been on tour for a year now. So I've been on tour for a year. <laughs> I like touring more than her, apparently. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, yeah, how how young were you when that was all going on? Like, you were super, super young, I was you? super young. I think I started Otto Udo at 16. Yeah. But I think it probably finished when I was, like, 18 or mm. 19. How old are you now? 25. Jeez Louise. There I you know. go. I always thought you were older than me for some reason. I'm older than you. I'm older than everyone. You are not. I'm, I'm the baby. I'm the baby. <laughs> I'm always the baby of every group, apart from now that I live in LA, whereas everyone gets famous at 16 yeah, and exactly. I'm ancient. <laughs> Just casually chatting to someone, a fully formed, breathing, living human being that was born in 2001. 
Oh my god, it's nuts. And you just start getting a hernia. You're just like, oh, Jesus. They think Facebook's lame and outdated. Right? Oh, stressful. (laughs) Stressful. Oh, stressful times. So I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something that maybe you were watching on TV, listening to on the radio, that sort of thing, to uh, maybe a kind of moment where it clicked, where it's like, this is what I want to do. I want to sing, I want to play instruments, I want to be in a band, all that sort of stuff. Uh, How did music kind of factor into your childhood? Obviously, you and your sister had this bond over music, but uh, what what in particular was the kind of moment for you where you realised that was what you wanted to pursue? I was always pretty obsessed with music. My parents involved us a lot in the arts. We went to music festivals every year. I went to a Steiner school. I used to want to be a classical violarist. Yeah, right. And I did that for a long time. I think, but I think when I really realized that I loved writing music was around that like emo time of like 11, 12. Oh, sure. You know, where I realized that it was much more satisfying to sort of turn my journal entries into songs rather than just write them down. But I never took it seriously. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't take music seriously until like two years ago. Yeah, right. Um, I always loved it and did it, but just never thought I want to do this as a career because I was just know that it's so bloody impossible and hard. And then when I got management overseas and I started playing a lot of shows off my last EP, I started thinking like, oh, maybe I should really give this a go. And I think that's when I really started pushing. So I was kind of late to the game in in the whole like dream being a musician. Sure, yeah. Because I'm just a pessimist and was like as if I'm going to be able to make that happen. And I mean... Yeah, I was probably right. It's really fucking hard. <laughs> Nobody said it'd be easy. But yeah, it did come from that. It came from the response of my EPs and like that feeling of people knowing the words to my songs and how yeah. good that feels. Totally. It's a strange, it's a bizarre feeling of mm. suddenly everyone understanding you on some level. You grew up around Melbourne. Yeah. Whereabouts? Clifton Hill. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fitzroy Bub. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah, even there you would have been like relatively close to like a lot of music and a lot of, you know, immediate scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, well we were just right in the middle of it. We were, you know, when I was younger I was using my sister's fake ID to just go to gigs every night <laughs> of the week, it. you know. Yeah. And we used to I used to fake sick and go leave school and go to her school. She went to Swinburne, she studied music, so I could uh, go to her yeah. music classes. <laughs> With her, and we were, like, really set on just... It was the only thing I cared about, apart from, like, basketball, which I suck at, so... (laughs) Yeah, I'm fucking glad that I stuck with it. Although, sometimes I look at people with nine-to-five jobs and think, ooh, that looks nice. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Sleep. You know, normal sleep patterns. Money. You can pay your rent. It's pretty lovely. Oh, the dream. Uh, Do you remember the first time you performed in front of people? The first time I played like an actual gig, Mm. I do remember. It was at the Laundry in Melbourne. Yeah, right. I was 14 and they kicked up a huge fuss when they found out I was 14 and wouldn't let me play and I had to call my parents and both of my parents came and got me back in and like I finally got confirmed that I could play like 10 minutes before I was supposed to go on. Yeah. Was it it just you? It was just me and guitar and I played for 45 minutes 
What did you What did you play? Um, I played all of these folk songs that I'd written. Oh, that you'd written? It was all original It was stuff. all originals, yeah. yeah. right. I used to make sort of like singer-songwritery stuff, and yeah, I did that. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to be really embarrassed about it, and now I kind of want to get back on it. Why not? Why not? I miss the guitar. Yeah, bring it back. Was, was that your first instrument, or were you playing keys and stuff like that? I, uh, guitar was my first. I played viola first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then guitar, and then synths came later. Synths didn't come till Otto Uto, when yeah. I realised that Hazel already played the guitar, and I had to choose something else. Yeah. Who had... What was, I'm trying to remember the instrument you guys had. Was it the hug case? The MB hug case. Was that yours? That was me. That was my vocal samples on a keyboard. Yeah, right. We called it the hug case because my friend Nick Huggins made it oh, with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm having so many flashbacks now, but just, just back to that whole time in Two Bright Lakes. You know, yeah, it was so fun. Yeah. Those were the golden days. Shulot and collarbones and oh, Oscar and Martin and so many great artists around that time, just around the start of the decade. Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah. I loved it. Got that, a girl old Yeah, that now. must have been a really special thing for you, like, to be part of, like, an extended community of people, you know, doing something considerably different in the in the realm of, like, Indian alternative music. It was a family, really. Yeah. It was really special, and I really grew up with all these older musicians sort of nurturing me. Yeah. Um, I'm so lucky that I had that. And I learned so much about the industry that's helped me in my career. Two Bright Lakes really made sure that we knew everything about how a record label works, what we deserved, what to ask for. And yeah, that stuck with me. So I'm so grateful to them for everything. When and where was the first auto music show? I'm going to say it was the Evelyn in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say it would be the Evelyn, but... I'm going to have to consult with the band on that. I should know that. (laughs) The Evelyn and the Empress were two of our regulated venues, and it was definitely one of the two, but I'm not sure which. Was that another uh, playing underage scenario? Yes. Oh, I was underage for pretty much the whole... Were you rocking a fake at that point? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Always. My trick was to yawn as I walked in. Oh, yeah. If I... Because that sort of... For some reason, I thought that made me look cool. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, I can't be bothered to deal with a bouncer. Like, oh. yawn. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired from that nine to five Sorry, job that yeah, I had. Sorry, yeah, working a nine to five. <laughs> so I snuck in. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, what about uh, what about touring properly for the first time? Like, uh, how are you navigating that as a kid, you know? Like, because um, you were thrown into it pretty quickly. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard, but it was also super exciting. I'm so lucky that I have my sister there. Sure. Because she protected me a lot from stuff. It really was an amazing experience that I'm now so grateful for. Yeah. It definitely made me go sober younger than most people. Yeah, You know, I quit drinking at 22. Crazy. At 16, I had drank myself. Yeah. Like, past (laughs) anyone else and was like, you know what? It's time to stop. Mm. But... It was really special, especially doing that American tour and getting to see the world with my yeah. sister, and I'm so grateful. Yeah. What, what were some of the personal highlights for you in terms of getting to play with as a part of that band? So many. It was sure, such a yeah. fun band. I really loved playing in New York when we played there. We oh, went. Wow. Yeah, we yeah. played this like Masonic temple supporting Dan Deacon. It was, oh, sick. It was so bizarre. 
I just remember thinking at that time that was like so beyond for yeah. me. But I think the highlight was just traveling with Hazel and Kishore and how bizarrely we did it. We yeah. never stayed in hotels. We always just asked on stage, like, who has a bed for us? Oh, really? We ended up in the weirdest houses doing the weirdest <laughs> shit. And it was so fun, you know, being a teenager and getting to do that. Mm. And having my sister there so I felt safe. Yeah, true. <laughs> so by means of contrast, uh, when was the first Benoffi show? First Benoffi show would have been 2012, I would like to say. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. And it was at Bar Open oh, in sick. Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. There was like 15 people there. And I just had one synth and a microphone and I was really fucking nervous. And I played Ninja, Uau, Got It, and Rain Down. I think that's it. Yeah, wow. And a cover. Oh, and my Leona Lewis cover. Oh, sick. Oh my God, I forgot about that one. Me too. It's a fun <laughs> one. It's so lo-fi. Like, yeah. I listen to it now and I'm like, I remember thinking, like, wow, I can produce. Yeah. Like, could I, though? Could I? It's very primitive, which is something you got to appreciate. Yeah. Like, fuck, you're, you're still a kid. You're having to go at it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so that would have been the first time that you've played solo since probably when you were, you know, a kid, yeah. like nearly a decade prior. Exactly. How, my how, first have you, one. how have you found, like, readjusting to... You know, just being on stage by yourself a lot of the time. I actually can't imagine playing with a band now. Yeah. I, I wouldn't know how to do it. Mm. I'm so used to doing it all on my own, and I must admit, like, I'm really missing playing instruments. I haven't been able to while I've been on tour because yeah. it's just too. Because there's only one of me, I can't carry it all. Yeah. But playing in a band, I haven't done that since I was a kid. Yeah. And I enjoy the risk. Of being on my own. Yeah. Any mistake is my mistake. Yeah. But every achievement is my achievement, you know. It's it's an interesting way to work, but I really enjoy it. Yeah. You mentioned uh, kind of the interest kicking up in Pinocchio as a project and obviously moving overseas and stuff like that is obviously, you know, introduced to what you do to a whole new bunch of people who have no idea of your past life and stuff yeah. like that. Like, is it a weird thing to kind of you know, build something up and then kind of start again from the ground up. It was really weird. At the start, I found it really hard. Just playing really small rooms and feeling like I'd done the work and then suddenly it was gone. Yeah. But then I realised how exciting that was. Yeah. And I really enjoy having Benoffi as a story that sort of morphs and mm. I can continually change her because she... She's like my little alien, yeah. you know? Mm. Um, so when I realized that, I was like, oh, cool. This can actually be anything because no one knows anything about my identity or my past. Yeah. And then suddenly it became super exciting and a way to change musically, sonically. Yeah. And I think that you can hear that. Definitely hear that. You can definitely hear that. <laughs> but you can hear that... I took risks that maybe I wouldn't have taken if I'd stayed in the same spot. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, at what point did you start noticing things changing? Like, 
people like coming out to shows more and like you know people that you know not like friends of yours like we know our friends fans have made it when people that we don't know start coming to shows it's so weird yeah 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 I love it (laughs) I still never believe it will happen like I'm so nervous about this show everything that's happened I feel like no one's gonna come to this show actually they might not it's Monday after Mardi Gras (laughs) but I, yeah, I still, every show, think no one's going to come apart from, like, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> and when I'm in America, it's even more bizarre because there's, everyone's new. It's so cool. I can't explain what it feels like to, like, you know, when I played in Paris and there's, like, people singing in English and singing the words to my song. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is that, that the first time you toured yeah. Yeah. I, I did a Europe tour and I just did a couple, like a couple of small shows, but it really opened my mind and made me realize that the internet is real. Oh man, it's too Anyone real. can hear yeah, shit. Yeah, literally anyone. It's bizarre. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, yeah, uh, you know, being part of this international thing now has led to a lot of kind of unlikely collaborations and encounters and stuff like that and I guess the big one is Charlie XCX which is how a lot of people are doing now how did that happen? I just met Charlie around the traps we were working with some of the same people I think I met Charlie through Sophie to begin with yeah right and yeah she needed a synth player and she wanted someone she knew yeah and so they asked me which was great because I was broke at the time and I was like fuck yeah I'll do this yeah and it opened up a lot of doors for me and ended up being a really amazing time, really yeah. amazing opportunity. Like, how, how do you describe going from playing to 15 people at the Evelyn to literally looking out at a stadium of people? I think it makes you feel like a child again. I felt yeah. like four years old when I, when I came out. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. There's so many of you. I'm a tiny child. Um, But now those stages just feel... They feel normal. They feel less scary than a room of 20 people, for sure. Because there's so many of them that there's no one. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can just block a lot of it out. Exactly. It just becomes... It's like playing sport. You just go out there and you, like, have a lot of fun with it, try your best, and then move on, you know? So, like, with that whole... You've run, like, a whole gamut there. You feel like, you know, at this point now that you're, like, even more confident in terms of, like, the show that you're putting on and the music that you're working on and everything that goes on in the realm of of the Benoffi banner. I definitely feel more confident. I feel... Even though I said I'm, like, nervous about the songs tonight... Yeah. I will be nervous about the songs, but I don't get nervous on stage, if yeah. that makes sense. I I just have so much fun performing now because I know that every every show is disposable. You play it once and then you throw it out. Yeah. And all you can do is like enjoy it and give the people the joy that you get from the music. Yeah. And if you do that, then I think that that's enough. For sure. Nerves can ruin a show for the audience yeah. if you let it take you over yeah. you know yeah so i try to just welcome them into how i feel about it that's a really beautiful way of putting it it's a fucking nice way to play i yeah, must admit i enjoy sure. i enjoy it a lot more now that i play that way absolutely absolutely 
Alright, so we'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests. Now it is your turn, Martha. I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played in your entire life. Entire life. I'm going to say the best show was... Actually, the best show I've played recently was at the Fonda in LA, supporting King Princess. Oh, cool. It was the second show at the Fonda. The first one was terrible. And I came back for the second one. I took a suit of fed because I was really tired. <laughs> and I had the best time. And it went down really well. What happened the first night? I was really sick. I lost my voice. Oh, no. And then my costume was falling down. So I decided during I'm Not Sorry to take my top off, which was actually a really great move. It worked out really well. <laughs> but it wasn't in the plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but worst show, that's an interesting one. Oh, my God. I know what the worst show is. Oh, well, here we go. This was a fucking disaster. Fantastic. Some guy offered me $1,500, which at the time seemed like a lot of money. I was like, at the start of my career, <laughs> to play his it's party. It's money to me now, I'm not going to lie. Well, I'll for take a, it. <laughs> it is for a fucking... So it was for a birthday party. Why? So this I turned up. Yeah. I turned up with yeah. some crew, because I was like, what is this going to be? I imagined a fancy as fuck party. Yeah. It was like in this dude's backyard. Yeah. There was like maybe 50 people there. Yeah. There was a guitar amp and a microphone and all of my music was going through the guitar amp. And he continued to like ask me out in between songs, like as I was playing. And it was so bad. It was so bad. It was like the worst show ever. No one got it, obviously, because they couldn't even hear it. It was coming through a guitar amp. Yeah. And most people were in like animal onesies. Sure. Why not? It was definitely the worst thing that's ever happened to my musical career. And I wouldn't... Actually, I'd still do it for fifteen hundred. Who are we kidding? Like, (laughs) bitches got to get paid. True. Mad true. But... It was fucking bad. <laughs> it was it was a really low point for oh me. Oh my lord! Oh, thank you for confiding that in me. No <laughs> I haven't I haven't thought about that show in a long time. Oh, I'm sorry to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Benofi, what are you doing this year? Tell 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 the people what you got going on. Ooh, okay. I leave I leave for tour with Empress of. Around Europe on March 15, which is going to be super fun. Yes. Then I go back to America to tour the West Coast with King Princess. Uh Uh-huh. And then I'll be back in Australia in May touring with Cosmos Midnight. Oh, yeah. Which is going to be super fun. And then I'm doing a solo tour around New Zealand. Oh, beautiful. When I finish all of that, my album is going to drop. Oh, it's done? My album is fucking finished. It's about time. It's going to drop, and hopefully I'll be back end of the year for festivals and album celebrations. Wonderful. Well, I look forward to that immensely. Martha, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today. Really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. So lovely to see you as always. Likewise. I'm David James Young, and all my friends, we love it.